Well, good evening, church. For the next couple months, we're going to be looking at the I Am Statements of Jesus. And tonight, we're going to kick off our series by looking at John 8.58, which can be found on page 895 of your Pew Bible. 895 of your Pew Bible, John 8.58. To set the stage for our verse, Jesus is in a conflict with a group of Jewish people. The Jews, in an effort to refute Jesus, appeal to their father, Abraham. Jesus tells them that they're not true sons of Abraham, but sons of the devil, because they reject Jesus' words. Then the Jews try to turn the table on Jesus and accuse him of having a demon. We're going to drop right into the middle of this conversation, smack dab in the middle of this conversation, and start at verse 51. So follow along with me as I read, page 895, starting at John 8, 51. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? And the prophets died. Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. John 8, 58. Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Throughout this series, we're going to be looking at eight I am statements of Jesus, and the upcoming seven are metaphorical. They're going to point to something about Jesus' divinity. But this statement is different. It's an absolute statement. Jesus isn't just telling us something about his divinity. He's explicitly proclaiming his identity as the one true God. Jesus is the great I am not just a contemporary of Abraham who saw him, but the God of Abraham who was worshipped by him. As we unpack this verse, we will see that Jesus reveals himself to be the eternal God and our only Savior. It's our main idea for tonight, that Jesus reveals himself to be the eternal God and our only Savior. We will break this down into three points. First, that Jesus is the revealed God, second, that Jesus is the eternal God, and third, that Jesus is our only Savior. So point one, Jesus is the revealed God. These two simple words, I am, they carry tremendous weight concerning our knowledge of God. Whenever God starts a statement with I am, we learn about the character and the attributes of the holy God of the universe. 
This is how God first names himself in Exodus 3, when he called Moses to bring Israel out of slavery in Egypt. Exodus 3, 13 to 15, Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. I am. This is God's revealed name. His name forever. It's the name that we are to remember God by. Throughout scripture, God continues to reveal himself, his attributes, his will, his plans to his people. And all this accumulates in God coming to earth, putting on full humanity and presenting himself to us in Jesus. John starts his gospel by explaining that no one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and at the father's side has made him known. At first glance, it might seem strange. Jesus keeps, he's in, he, keeps, he keeps insisting on his identity to this group of Jews. He might look desperate to gain followers, like he needs their support to, to push his agenda. That's not the case. Instead, Jesus is graciously revealing himself, just as God has always revealed himself to his people. When Jesus starts a statement with truly, truly, I say to you, like he does here, he's emphasizing the truth of his claim based on his own knowledge and authority. He's making an inerrant, authoritative statement as the all-powerful, all-knowing, speaking God. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am. That is Jesus' name. And that is how he is to be remembered. So for us as a church, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to rightly remember Jesus, to profess Jesus as he has revealed himself, to pass along this revelation for generations to come. The gospel writers, inspired by the Holy Spirit, they wrote down the words and the works of Jesus so that he may be remembered. The early church fathers, they pushed back against heresies, and defended the nature of Christ so that he would be remembered. Today, our job as Christians, it's, it's no different than the saints who have gone before us. To name and proclaim the one true God as he has revealed himself in Jesus. Our verse tonight, it calls us to proclaim that Jesus is fully God. As I am, Jesus is the eternal creator God of the universe. Which brings us to point two, that Jesus is the eternal God. See, when God reveals himself as I am, he revealed the very essence of his existence to us. He tells us that he has existed for eternity, that there has not been a moment in time when he has not existed. Now, just because this has been revealed about God, it, it doesn't mean that we can comprehend it fully. This is an incommunicable attribute of God, 
which means that we as humans, we don't share in this attribute with him. Because God is infinite, self-existing, without source or beginning. And in our verse, we learn that Jesus, as the fully divine son of God, that he shares one undivided nature with God the Father. Jesus has always existed. Jesus is eternal. For us, there was a time before we existed, a time before we were created, a time before we truly knew God. But not so with Jesus. His relationship to God is not that of a creature to the creator. It's the relationship of the eternally begotten son to the eternal father. The early church labored to rightly profess and protect the doctrine of God the Son. And because of that, we have tools like the Nicene Creed that we recite here on Sunday mornings. And while the historic creeds are not scripture, they are an essential part of the Christian faith. They synthesize the truths that we read about in God's word. They're instruments for us to proclaim and promote and protect the person and work of Christ. In the Nicene Creed, for example, we read that Jesus is, the begot, is begotten of the Father before all ages. Jesus is God of God, light of light, true God of true God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. This is what we profess as a church about Jesus Christ. That in eternity past, Jesus was there. At the onset of creation, Jesus was there. I mean, think about that. The heavens and the earth, the, the sun and the moon, the stars, the land, the sea, the plants, the animals, they were all made through Jesus. Mankind, the, the image and likeness of God, was made through Jesus. You, you were made through Jesus. Jesus gave you breath. He gave you sight. He gave you smell. He made your heart beat. He made your hair color. He made every little bone in your hand. Jesus knows you. He knows you better than any friend, any sibling, any parent, doctor, or therapist ever could. He knows your desires, your needs, he knows what's best for you. Christian, be comforted by that. Remember that if you're tempted to ignore his commands and give in to sin. Remember that the eternal God made you, knows you, and has revealed himself to you in Jesus for your good and for your salvation. Anything else that claims the same thing, it's a false God. It's an idol. The one true God, he is the God who truly works salvation for us. He is the God who truly saves. It brings us to our third and final point, that Jesus is the only Savior. The name I am, it points us to the salvation of God. In Exodus, God calls himself I am as he sets the stage to deliver Israel from slavery in Egypt. Later in Isaiah, 
God again calls himself I am in contrast to false idols and to assure Israel of another deliverance and a coming savior. We see this clearly in Isaiah 43, 10 through 12, which says, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I've had cho- who I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you, and you are my witnesses, declared the Lord, and I am God. As I am, Jesus is the one true God that saves And there is no other Savior besides the Lord Jesus. For the sake of our salvation, Jesus came down from heaven. He was made man, was crucified, died, and buried. On the third day, he rose again according to the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom shall have no end. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, I I hope you understand why we worship Jesus. He is God and he is worthy to be worshipped. He alone is able to save you from your sins. So listen to him. Trust in him. Place your faith in him for salvation. And Christian, as we remember who Jesus is and what he's done for us, it should lead us to rejoice. I mean, the day that Abraham looked forward to and rejoiced in, we get to look back on that day and remember. The salvation and deliverer that Isaiah prophesied about, we get to look back on and remember. Our God and our Savior has come. He has accomplished salvation for us so that we could be just as he is, eternally glorified in God's kingdom as members of God's family. So Christian, remember Jesus and rejoice in Jesus, the I am. Let's pray. Jesus, you are a great and gracious Lord. We rejoice in the words you've spoken to us and the salvation you've worked for us. We pray that we're emboldened to contend for the faith that was once delivered to all the saints. We pray that this church would be a pillar and buttress of truth for generations to come. Pray that even now, we work to make your glory known to the world. Jesus, is in your precious name we pray. Amen.